Welcome back to the Injury Prone Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, Dr. Physical Therapy, Medical Analyst, FantasyPoints.com, Physical Therapist for Minnesota Twins, Minor League System. Gracias por tus oídos. If you haven't listened to the last episode, go and listen to the three waiver wire running backs for upside that you want in 2022. The three running backs off the waiver wire who have the highest handcuff potential. Make sure you go check that out. Also, please make sure you subscribe to my newsletter. I'll put it in the show notes. I've been putting it in the show notes. I'll continue to do that. It's pinned to the top of my Twitter at FBInjuryDoc. Make sure you subscribe, you rate, review the podcast. All right. Paying the bills. You're helping. I appreciate it. Now, let's get to today's topic. And today's topic I want to dive into are the four players that I don't want any part of in 2022, either because of their limited upside or because I think that they're in some legitimate trouble to fall off a cliff due to performance or injury-related things. Let's get to it. The first one, I've been talking about him on Twitter most of the offseason. It's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a guy who stands six foot three, 250 pounds. He is 28 and two-thirds years old, and he sees very limited passing down work. He also was on pace for more than 400 carries, not touches. He was on pace last year for 400 carries before he had this foot fracture. Now, let me back up and explain. The reason that this is relevant is because when you see big centers, I'm going to give the example of Greg Oden. When you see big centers like Yao Ming, Those guys are so tall and so lanky that the leverage it takes to hold them up is difficult for their body to handle, and so things like foot fractures happen. You look at a guy like, right now, in the NBA, Zion. He's having foot issues. These big framed guys, they have foot issues. Now, that doesn't always mean that it's going to be the end of the world. A stress fracture isn't the end of the world. A Jones fracture sometimes isn't the end of the world. Most of the time, the list rank isn't the end of the world. But what it does signal is that there's potentially a leak of energy in the system. In other words, he is human. He's a six foot three, 250 pound monster who's been an anomaly since he came into the league. But that doesn't mean that he can't slow down and that he's not human. We often talk about Derrick Henry in terms of the future. We say, well, if he starts to slow down, we say, well, I'd rather be a year too early, or we say, I don't care, I'd be a year too late. When I think that the slow devolving nature father time is happening to Derrick Henry right in front of our eyes. This foot injury, this foot fracture, which by the way, is still not behind him considering the fact that he has hardware in his foot. That was in part due to his large frame in addition to his massive workload. How much work and energy is going through that system through that foot? Not just that foot, but the rest of his body. And he is such a freak of nature, such an anomaly that usually I don't rail against stress injuries like this, but he is so huge and such a freak athlete that I do worry about the amount of energy passing through his feet, passing through his body, and whether he can continue to hold up or not. So really the moral of the story, what I'm trying to say here is that we might be seeing Derrick Henry breaking down right in front of our eyes. We might be seeing his slow downhill decline. And that is nothing against Derrick Henry. That has nothing to do with Derrick Henry as a person. It has nothing to do with him as a player. It just means that he's human. But from a fantasy football perspective, that is concerning. You don't want your first top five, eight pick to be a guy that could potentially already be showing the signs of natural aging and reductions in efficiency. And again, the floor here for Derrick Henry is another stress type injury. The floor is that he just doesn't hold up for the entirety of the season. And for people who constantly rail about wanting their first 
pick to be safe, you can't turn around and draft Derrick Henry. Now, again, I'm not saying that he can't turn around and have another top two season. I'm not saying that he can't pull out another year, but what I am saying is that I think that we're just starting to see signs of him slowing down. I don't think the signs are ahead of us. I think the signs are right in front of us. And I wanna get out in front of those signs and not be behind. I'd much rather any other receiver or running back in that range Henry's going than anybody else. But the good news is that you can still get out from under it. If you can offer Derrick Henry for another first round pick, somebody like, I don't know, Saquon Barkley, I think that's safer. If you can get out from him for somebody like, I don't know, Stefan Diggs, I'd even rather do that. Austin Eckler, anybody in your league who values Derrick Henry higher than you do, if you drafted him and are still on the fence, I'm specifically talking to you, throw in Derrick Henry plus something small, somebody who they might find attractive based on their positional needs and their team needs. If you draft a Derrick Henry, you can either hold on and hope that this doesn't devolve for Derrick Henry again in 2022, but I cannot sit here in confidence and in good faith and argue that this is a fantastic solid year to hold Derrick Henry again. And he might prove me wrong. He might finish again. He might break a bunch of records, finish as the RB1 overall and make me look like a fool and then maybe not fall off for another two years. But I don't think that's the likeliest outcome. That's why I'm out on Derrick Henry. For this next guy, I just want to list off his injury history just since 2018. Liz Frank, 2017. Necker Stinger, 2018. Achilles, 2019. Concussion and Stinger, 2021. Knee scope, 2021. Hamstring strain, 2022. I'm talking, of course, about Elijah Mitchell. The San Francisco 49ers running back has had injury issues dating back to college, really dating back to high school. Dr. Ethan Turner, physical therapist, who puts out an incredible rookie draft guide based on their injury histories every year and he's he's a massive resource for me he goes back and digs into some injuries that happened even up until middle school he has the entire history covered so like i say a hundred different times every day i feel it's not so much that random injuries are what you're afraid of that random injuries will recur it's the ones who do have a tendency to crop back up again as time goes on so you think of something like the knee scope he had a knee scope in 2021 he is a rookie having a knee scope already that stuff tends to come up and or linger. You look at somebody like Darius Tony as a comp. He already had one surgery. Could he potentially have another one? Another comp right now is Van Jefferson, who's had, who's had two surgeries on his knees just this calendar year. The most concerning thing really for Elijah Mitchell is this recurring history of stingers that he had in 2018. And then again, a concussion and a stinger in 2021, just in his rookie year. This really speaks for itself. Obviously we have outliers all the time. Keenan Allen, Frank Gore, Joe Mixon, guys that really the perception of them is that they couldn't stay healthy and then they bounced back and got a lot better, especially early on in their career. I mean, you think about somebody like Brandon Cooks, who's had four or five concussions just since entering the league, and now he's totally healthy, presumably healthy. That doesn't mean he's still not at risk for another concussion, but he hasn't had one uh, in the last couple of seasons. But you do worry about a guy this young who already had a hamstring issue, who had a knee scope in 2022, and who's had two concussions and stinger injuries just since 2018. Elijah Mitchell's a guy that I don't really want to take in that entire San Francisco 49ers backfield always seems like a headache to try to figure out. But if you went zero RB, if you went hero RB, grabbing either Jeff Wilson or Tarion Davis Price is probably a wise move if you're trying to stash some running backs who have some upside. These next two guys, they didn't really go too early in drafts. One of them didn't even go really at all, but it is Robert Woods. I want to start with Robert Woods just because he specifically is on my radar due to Matt Harmon's reception perception data. If you look at Robert Woods before the ACL in 2020, he had a success rate against man of 67.2%. 
and he was in the 50th percentile. Fast forward to 2021, again, pre-ACL. This is before the ACL. That success rate went from 67% in the 50th percentile to 60% in the 20th percentile. This research is also in conjunction with Matt, who also did more research using reception perception and found that wide receivers coming off ACL, they tend to go down in reception perception numbers and success rate by two to 3%, which is quite a bit given the percentiles that you're working with when it comes to man coverage and press coverage and zone coverage. Even naturally, before the ACL is even considered, Robert Woods was going down in success rate in addition to reception perception going down year one post-op ACL. In addition to the fact that we know since 2009, there have been seven wide receivers who have came back and achieved at least 95% of their pre-ACL fantasy football production in their first year back from the injury. Here are the average numbers of those outliers. The average draft round was about 2.8. We know the average age was around 26 and we know that their spork score was 56.5. Of course, Robert Woods does meet the criteria for draft capital, but at this point, it's probably too old to really matter. But his spork score is not great. It's about a 37 and only gets worse. Athletic scores only get worse as you age. So his spork score is 37 and he's 30 years old. That is all in addition to the fact that he was seemingly on the decline before the ACL tear. And lastly, another guy, who we're going to follow these rules of draft capital, age, and overall fantasy football production in their first year back from the ACL tear. In addition, their athleticism score, their sport score. And one guy that I'm just not really into is Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup is young. That's probably what you're thinking. He is, at this point, 26 years old, so he fits that criteria. In terms of draft capital, Michael Gallup is a third rounder, the problem is Michael Gallup's sport score is just about average. He's about 59.6. The last problem is that he, from a timeline chronological perspective, is about one month behind Chris Godwin. And we know Chris Godwin still hasn't even shed his contact jersey as of this week. We hear Jerry talking all this noise about Michael Gallup could be ready. The bottom line is that every surgeon, PT, rehab coach, athletic trainer, everybody knows that the nine month mark is the safest time based on data and literature to let a guy go. Does that mean that guys can't come back before nine months? No, but it makes it extremely unlikely for anybody to come back, especially a contact football player, to come back prior to at least the eight month mark. And in week one, Michael Gallup will be seven months. I've cited this guy before a hundred different times, but Rob Gronkowski is the only modern era pass catcher we know to come back in eight months. And he played 50% of the snaps for the first week of the season. Let's say Michael Gallup does come back one month into the season. He's probably going to see only half of the amount of snaps and routes that he would see through the second month of the season. And by the time we get to the third month, we are eight or nine games deep into the fantasy football playoffs. That's probably when he's going to start getting his footing, maybe pick him up off the waiver wire later in the season. I'm just not into Michael Gallup. So those are the four guys that I'm not targeting and that I'm trying to get rid of as soon as I can. Derrick Henry, Elijah Mitchell, Robert Woods, and Michael Gallup. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at FBNGDoc. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. That one just went out. Check your spam and your junk mail if you have not seen it. Thanks for tuning in.